Boundaries. I'm Jessica Veldstra. And I'm Denise Thompson. And we are back after a week's break. Um, we've been to Pennsylvania and back by the time you hear this, hopefully. <laughs> oh, we've had a bit of a family emergency and so had to travel down there. But we made it back safely. That's what I'm telling myself since I'm afraid of flying. <laughs> and you haven't got on the plane yet. Exactly. <laughs> but... But we will have made it back by the time you've heard this. Yes. So we wanted to talk about something that happened actually in April. So, you know, we're a little bit behind the times, but whatever. <laughs> Bill Cosby was... Well, I mean... What? Oh, well, it's happening all the time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. This so happens yeah. all the time. That's You're, true. like, dogging a specific person here. Right. But, but all the time. All the time. So Bill Cosby was convicted of sexual assault of one of his 60 victims at least 60 those are the ones who have come forward and Denise sent me a link and she was like hey you know look at this and it's sad because I feel like Bill Cosby was such a part of my upbringing we used to have records of his stand-up and he had great stand-up he did and I like could quote some of his stand-up like Daddy's great. Give me a chocolate cake. <laughs> like that kind of stuff. I'm like, we used to listen to this on records, on vinyl. And he was, and growing up watching the Cosby show, you got a perspective of a strong woman, of a healthy couple, of a healthy family, of people who like forgave each other and worked through difficult situations and were kind of, like, an affluent, well-educated family. And so, like, I got this idea, like, basically... It was literally one of my favorite shows. Yeah, I I had this idea of, like, what a strong career woman was, like, basically from that show. And she could, she could do it. Yes. With the help of her amazing, like, career husband. Husband. And they they both both... did it together. Yep. She was a lawyer, he was a doctor. Like, they did it together. They both cooked, they both cleaned, they both raised the children. And, like, that's kind of like what I did and so it was devastating because I have like this all these scripts and all these jokes in my head and all these little funny things they're all from this I mean Cosby wrote a lot of it he you know a lot of it was a stand-up he produced all a lot of it it was based off of his ideas and to have that person that family guy that person that you think of as like this just this great guy somebody who was safe and then have him be a predator of 60 women at least probably a low estimate is pretty devastating you have to rethink all your jokes in your head (laughs) sad it's very sad so what happened was during the trial you find out like kind of who people are about sometimes Mm. on on social media and it's a little scary because sometimes you feel like you know someone you think I really like this person and something happens and you're you're questioning the fact that you even associate with them (laughs) and um I think that's the anonymity of social media as well that people feel like they could say whatever but if they're gonna say it they must mean it Yeah, they probably mean it. So what we're going to talk about today after that big thing is people who still defend sexual predators Mm -hmm. like like Cosby Mm -hmm. and whether or not that is ethical. (laughs) Should we start with kind of... Background or... Yeah, kind of. I mean, I did kind of get into the background a little Mm -hmm. bit. Like, I see someone I really like as Mm -hmm. a person 
they share an article about Bill Cosby has found guilty. And I didn't look at the fact that the person shared an emoji. (laughs) So bad on me. The person shared an emoji, thumbs down. Oh. And I didn't notice that. They put, wow, thumbs down. I and I say, was like. If they shared a sad, I would be like, okay, that could go any, either way. Like, sad that it happened, sad that he did it, or sad that he was convicted. Who yeah. Knows? No, <laughs> they said, wow, thumbs down. Bill Cosby found guilty in sexual assault retrial, wow, thumbs down. And I didn't see wow, thumbs mm-hmm. down. I see Bill Cosby is convicted. Mm-hmm. And... I said, luckily, I mean, I actually didn't respond with anything very controversial Mm -hmm. because I don't like to be controversial. (laughs) That's why we have a podcast. I don't like to throw my ideas out there. I don't like to throw my opinions out there at people. (laughs) I do. (laughs) So I said, he was fist pumping the air yesterday, so he is probably a bit shocked by this verdict. Mm -hmm. Because I was just thinking... What yeah. he was thinking, because mm-hmm. the day before he had was fist pumping Which, in the air because he has completely inappropriate, by the way. At any, even if you are completely innocent, to fist pump at a sexual assault trial. As he's leaving court, his supporters were cheering his mm-hmm. name and cheering for him, and so he fist bumped the air. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> still inappropriate. I think he was just giving what he thought that the crowd wanted, and they they loved it. So. It actually then, the original commenter who shared the article totally caught me off guard Mm. because I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) It's all my fault. So she wrote that she agreed that it was sad that he was old as dirt and she wasn't there. So some of it may be true. She doesn't know. She just doesn't believe it. That's interesting because... 60 people versus one person, what grounds would you have to not believe it? So she she answers, as a female, don't put yourself into questionable situations. So she does believe it? Because, uh, um, well, <laughs> because if you're putting yourself into questionable situations, which is super victim blamey and not okay... But it would assume that he did do it. I'm confused. (laughs) So there is a a little shock. There is surprise by other people. Mm -hmm. That that she mentions that don't put yourself into questionable mm -hmm. situations. And, okay, so ethically, do I believe that this has a case? Ah, I can be sympathetic with what she is saying. Don't get me wrong, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I can be sympathetic with what she's saying, meaning, you know, you're smart. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't see a tank full of sharks and mm-hmm. jump in. Right. If, you know, okay, so there was a story. It's a well-known Anchorage Zoo story about the Anchorage mm-hmm. Zoo. So there was a woman who decided that she was going to go to the Alaska Zoo and um, she's Australian, mm-hmm. and I don't know what this ha- what that has to do with <laughs> this story, but everyone knows that she's Australian. She jumps over two fences, two different fences, to get a really good photo op of the polar bear, who then proceeds to attack her through the fence and breaks her leg and hurts her a little bit and takes her shoe, and at... <laughs> I'm 
sorry. <laughs> it's just a really funny story and not funny at all. Like, I'm not really laughing at this woman getting mauled by a bear. But I just watched a little bit of the video and it's, it is, it's, it starts out with her getting attacked and someone is filming and people are hitting the bear with branches and a woman filming the attack is yelling, somebody get a gun, tranquilizer gun, tranquilizer gun. And they're hitting him, (laughs) they're hitting him with branches. And then the video pans to this bear with a tennis shoe in his mouth. And it's just, it's, there's been memes. They made t-shirts out of this because this woman. climbed over two barriers. Two barriers to get at this bear, bear, which is clearly dangerous. Which is clearly dangerous. Which is clearly putting herself in a dangerous, a dangerous situation. And so that's and so I think people look at it kind that. of the same way. Which is why are we looking at men like polar bears? I was gonna say that is the exact point that I was thinking. One's a wild, dangerous animal that we have two barriers at least. Well, probably three because it was attacking her through the fence. Well, I mean, okay. I <laughs> trigger warning. I'm going to play a bear attack. <laughs> For all the you people who have had that, that's bear attack. Trigger warning. Bear attack. Okay, so this is some of the audio of her bear attack. And this is what we liken men to. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to play this a little bit. Oh my god. You can hear the bear growling. Okay, I'm gonna stop that there. <laughs> so this is what we're likening. We're saying that Bill Cosby is equivalent to a really dangerous thing. polar bear. <laughs> well, and that everybody I'm should saying. and everybody should know that because you know the comedian who's a Family Guy who's been married for a million years who has, has five kids who has he doesn't have three fences around him. No, he's has, not. Who has raised a family and has based all of his comedy off of this family persona, we should know, is a fucking polar bear? <laughs> I mean, like, that's what we're saying. Yeah. So, obviously, first of all, very bad viewpoint of men in general. Second of all, like, holy crap, victim blaming. I'm she sorry, did. that video makes me, I'm so, <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to laugh. I don't know if it makes me nervous. Oh, yeah. Because there's, like, a woman being, like, her leg is being, she, by the way, she's not over the last fence. There's still a fence between her. So he's, like, just pulling mm-hmm. her leg a little bit through the fence. So but. she didn't quite cover, go over all three all fences, fences just to mm-hmm. put herself into danger. So anyways, that was how that was responded. I mean, what a roundabout way to say this, but that was how she responded to right. this. That woman, was that women, you know, put themselves into stupid situations. It was almost like, I don't believe it, but women shouldn't put themselves in right. stupid situations. So she obviously does believe Yeah. And, the, and her quote was, I'm not a dumbass, I don't take pills to relax or put myself in situations like these women did. And then she says, who says he's a sexual predator? I don't understand, like... So she says also, like, he gave them pills. 
to relax. And but then she also, doesn't, so it's... But also says, who says he's a sexual predator? So it's like speaking out of both sides of your mouth, basically saying, well, you shouldn't have been there, you shouldn't have done that, but he didn't do it. So this is just mm-hmm. one example, but this is rampant mm-hmm. over the internet. Like, this is all over the internet. It's constant. Now, look at Brock Turner. I mean, you look at what his dad says about him. Mm-hmm. And his dad is kind of the same, like, the 20 minutes of action in right. his 20 life. And, like, just, it's it's so out there. Mm-hmm. And, by the way, that guy is appealing mm-hmm. right now. Because he only wanted outer course. So, outer course? Is that even a word? Anyway. They're using well, it as an appeal. Outer course. <laughs> so much better than inner course. course. With a dude, doesn't matter. She woman. was so drunk that she could not like, or drugged that she could not consent. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you Didn't, want. Yeah. So. <laughs> doesn't matter what you want. Mm-mm. Jessica's phone is going crazy. So, the it is. It's speaking out. You know, both sides of your mouth. So why does this happen? And. Is there an ethical side to sticking up for someone who's accused? Here's the thing. It's like 2 to 5% of all sexual assault charges are false. So if you stand up for the victim, there's a pretty good chance that you're right. With somebody like Bill Cosby with multiple victims. So the percentage is... Is like, I don't know, mathematically, if if each one of those have 2 to 5% of statistically being false, yeah, overwhelmingly... He's done, he done something. He, he's done something, obviously. And their stories were so consistent with each other, it was ridiculous. So basically you're saying one man's word is worth more to me than 60 women, um, if you defend somebody like that. Secondly... And um, this 15 minutes of fame thing, where mm-hmm. does that come in? Yeah. and, and yeah, Are, they, are oh. they famous? No. Do you know all their names? No. I, I don't even know the woman who actually, I know what she looks like in my head, but I can't remember her name, the one that actually prevailed. And the other thing is is that it's also considered bad on your reputation if you get raped, unfortunately, which is bizarre, but people look at you poorly instead of as a survivor. Is it appropriate to ever... So I mean, here's the thing, know. is that, so that, that's statistics... And then also, like, in my line of work, I see all these charges with really substantial evidence that are never brought to trial because it's really hard to get a conviction on a child rapist without much evidence, especially if the children are young because they're considered unreliable. So we have these cases that we know that these men are sexual predators. We know that they did something. But there's no way to prove it in a court of law, or the prosecutor doesn't feel like there's enough evidence, but it's clear that something happened and that they did something. It takes a ton of actual evidence to convict somebody or even to bring it to trial. So I think about 3% of rapists are ever convicted. So, so really, that's why I got kicked off the jury, because mm-hmm. they had me fill out a... The last time Patrick and I had jury mm-hmm. duty together, which was pretty awesome... If you ever have a jury duty with your spouse because you have someone to sit and talk to. <laughs> I, and like, I never had that experience. It was super cool. I never know anyone. I'm always like, meh. <laughs> no, I really liked it. And we f- they brought us in the courtroom for hours, and then they gave us a questionnaire. We never saw the defendant. We mm-hmm. never saw the lawyers, which was very weird. I've never had that experience. They put you in the courtroom. You're filling out this survey, this page. It was like four pages. Mm-hmm. And 
like almost essay question type things. Do you know anyone who's ever been abused? Who? Which was mm. interesting that they ask who. Who? I mean, like, I could fill out a freaking... Yeah, you would have been kicked volume. out. Volume. You would have been kicked out, too. <laughs> oh, so I was one kicked of the out of think I was abuse case. One of the reasons I think I was kicked out was because I said, if it's got this far, he's done it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not what the, they're, they're looking, looking for. for in a jury. No. Um, yeah, it's pretty... Sadly, it, I've always wanted it's to not be a, on a jury. Again, it's not 100% of the cases. I mean, we do have a flawed judicial system as well as all other systems um, because they're made out of humans. But really, if we have enough evidence to go to trial, that's a pretty good amount of evidence. I almost never see any of these go to trial. That's sad. Mm-hmm. So you're, what you're saying is a lot of times, most most of the time, except for maybe 2% of the time, it is ethical to stick up for the victim and not the perpetrator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it seems as if the percentages are way off for Way that. off. And you think about all other crimes and, and really... There's very few circumstances where people are like, oh, well, you shouldn't have been, you know, in that place, or you shouldn't have put out your merchandise so silly and you got shoplifted, it's your fault. Or, you know, you, the banks didn't have enough cameras, so they got robbed and it's their fault. Like, or you didn't put your purse a certain way on your body and so, so it got snatched. Yeah. You know, like, most of the time, with most crimes, we blame the person who did the crime, not the person who's the victim. And with sexual assaults, we blame the victim. What were they wearing? Where were they at? Who did they trust? You know, did they trust an actual man? Were they under <laughs> influence? Yeah. All of those things. And really, we should be saying, what did the person do who was a perpetrator and not what the victim did? And, you know, in, in so many cases that we're seeing with a Me Too movement, you can be a victim and wear anything. You can be a victim and be anywhere. Well, and um, it's always been in this case. But yeah. it's just coming out. Coming like, out. People are just talking oh, about it. Yeah. Like, I saw it, like, you know, because I see all these these crimes are coming out. So, yeah, you're basically, what were you wearing? A onesie? I mean, like, seriously, that's, that's what I'm seeing because I'm dealing with children. But it's prevalent. You could be anywhere, any, doing anything, doing any job, um, being in your own house. And these crimes happen, and they happen because... The perpetrator chooses for them to happen. So, yeah, defending sexual assault perpetrators not cool. <laughs> That's where you stand on that. Yes, victim blaming not cool. We do not expect men to behave like polar bears. No, men are not polar bears. No. Also, don't chop two front fences to get to a polar bear. So, idea. <laughs> was there any more sticking up for in that conversation? There was. She said where were the parents of any of these young people which is super comical because at the same time well not super comical none of this is really funny we we do a comedy podcast but none of this is funny <laughs> but none of it is funny n- not uh, even the bear po- attack po- <laughs> which not funny we need to stop I'm laughing so about that sorry. <laughs> i don't know what it is but man that guy just whacking it with the branch and it like growling and the woman yelling, tranquilizer gun. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that video. It gets my, just totally oh. makes me giggle. But she's like, where were the parents? Well, uh, at the same time as this trial is going on, the one up against Larry Nasser is going on. And the, in that case, the answer to that question, where were the parents, were in the same room. 
As Larry Nassar. And making sure that these are like, these are like helicopter parents. These are gymnasts, Olympic gymnast parents. Like these parents are involved. And they're in the room at the same time as the doctor She's is talking molesting. about Cosby mm-hmm. victims though yeah. because there were a few very young ones. Right. But she's like, where were the parents? Well, you know what? Be like we obviously saw that parents being involved didn't necessarily help because it's a predator. But I'm also really mm. worried about this. Like, so because your parents aren't involved, therefore you deserve. Therefore to be, you deserve to be raped. Mm-hmm. Very weird. Well, that's the same thing with uh, sex education because your parents aren't involved. Therefore, you should know nothing. Because <laughs> <laughs> they should tell you. Mm-hmm. But I guess what I get about this is I sympathize. Mm-hmm. Like, I sympathize with wanting him... To be innocent. To be innocent. Right. Perpetrators are charming, and they are sneaky, and they get on everybody's good side, and they do that for a reason. Just because somebody's nice to you doesn't mean they're a nice person. And with Cosby, that's really true. I mean, he's charming, he's funny, he's presents as a family man, and, you know, I would love for him to be innocent, but clearly he's not. And so I get, I get that, that, that disconnect in your head. And also, And like giving think, up part of your childhood mm-hmm. in a way and your innocence. Right. Yeah, and also it's a, it's a psychological phenomenon that basically we like to blame victims because then we can say, it won't happen to me because I don't do that. Instead of realizing it could easily happen to you. Exactly. Um, and it's a psychological thing that your brain plays is like back in the day when we're hunting predators, well, we see a, an animal get one of our friends and we're like, oh, well, they were too close to the raspberry bushes. So that was their fault. So I won't be close to the raspberry bushes. So I won't get eaten by a lion. Basically, it's just making up an excuse because your brain can't handle the fact that it the world happen. is full of dangerous things and you cannot control it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and it's, it's, yeah, it is a psychological phenomenon that we all have to fight against, basically saying, that couldn't be me, it's not going to be me, because I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to walk to the car with my keys in my hand, <laughs> and it will be fine. <laughs> the pokey part out, people, the pokey part out. So, or what's it called? It, you know, when keys, when you're referring to keys, you don't really call them the pokey part. Mm-mm. It's just the key part mm-hmm. out, <laughs> I should probably say. <laughs> but the they teach, they teach women down to... To what observe is, every single detail, to watch every single door, to take, walk with your keys in your hand, um, yeah. to look and at... And you must have them out, out in between your fingers. Because you can punch with that. To walk around your car <laughs> because you may have somebody in your car. To never drink too much in a strange place. To always have a ride home. To always have your friend watching your back. To never leave a drink alone. How many things do we know? We know yeah. these things. So, oh, never wear your hair in a ponytail and do not wear high heels. Oh, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> there's a whole article about mm-hmm. not wearing your hair in a ponytail. Don't wear skirts. Don't, like, I mean, like, there's, I mean, a bajillion things. And, of course, they're all contradictory. Yeah, well, you can't wear your hair in a ponytail because it gives them a really easy place to grab. But if you hair, wear your hair down, I mean, it's just it's a easy grabby thing. So, obviously, all men are polar bears. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) They want your shoes. (laughs) So, did I respond much more? Oh, you you wrote I wrote a book. (laughs) You went into some of your experiences. 
So I just mm-hmm. took what she said about the victims of mm-hmm. Cosby and I put it on myself mm-hmm. as a victim of assault. Mm-hmm. So I was assaulted and I put all of those words on myself. Mm-hmm. Someone she knows, someone she likes. Mm-hmm. You, you know, saying, now you're, I'm a dumbass. dumbass. Now you're stupid. Now I'm stupid. Why would you put yourself in I put in that myself in that situation. situation. Where were your parents? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I had very involved parents. Mm-hmm. I was in a completely safe situation mm-hmm. that I had been in multiple times. Right. That your parents had checked out. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was, you know, a few responses after that, but it did kind of die mm-hmm. down. But. And, and that's the thing is, is that. No one's thinking about themselves right. or people close to them. And I'm always shocked that women can even say this because every single woman I know has had multiple experiences with some kind of harassment or assault. Every, sometimes every, you don't even think about you it. You don't think about it until somebody asks, says, have you ever been kissed that you didn't want? Or have you ever had somebody touch you that you didn't want? And like then you're like, wait... Oh, yeah, like that four times. I don't think of those as assault, but, like, it happened. Yeah. And so that's the thing is, like, yeah, because I always think, oh, I'm super lucky. I didn't really go through anything too harsh, which is true. But, like, there's definitely things that I could have probably prosecuted. (laughs) And I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think about telling anybody about it. No, I -hmm. never. I had never counted myself as someone who had been Mm -hmm. assaulted. Ever. Right. But if you I, think about, look at the statutes, you're like, oh, yeah, well, that could go to... <laughs> I looked at the law and I was like, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. I could have done something about that. Yep. And it was actually a lot more traumatic mm-hmm. than I put credit towards. Right. But it was, I wasn't drug into an alley, mm-hmm. kicking and screaming and raped. Right. So it was... It was like, oh, well, this happens to everyone. A lot more quiet yeah. than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It happens to everyone. If you talk to, if you get around with a bunch of girlfriends and ask this question, everybody yep. has stories. Yep. Or guy friends. You know, everybody has stories. So, so the fact that that we act like it's not happening, or that nice people can't do this, or that we put ourselves into dangerous situations, or that it will never happen to us, which is a lie. Big fat lie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. Do you think we judge the heck out of that? I do think we judge the heck out of that. So this week's ethical product is Albatross razors. Do you like your Albatross razor? I bought my Albatross razor at Sustainable Wares and Homer, but I believe you can buy them online. You can also probably buy it at your I think you can buy it online from Sustainable Wares. Oh. Possibly. They do have an online store. They do have an online store. That would be a great place to purchase it. I was nervous about getting this, but I was tired of throwing away razors like ones every two weeks plastic razors they're just completely disposable so i decided to give a reusable razor a shot it's a safety razor made out of metal so the only part that you discard is the actual razor blade and that you can recycle so you can send it back to albatross and they will recycle it for you so or you could find an old house (laughs) and open the medicine cabinet and when you open the medicine cabinet there's a little slot that says razors and Mm -hmm. you put your razors in there because once they go in behind the medicine cabinet into the wall they disappear forever Mm -hmm. and no one ever has to deal with all these razors until you do re um remodel thank you until you remodel your house and you find a wall of a hundred years of old razors terrifying (laughs) 
we could do that, or you could re, re recycle them. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna go the recycling mode. And I thought that would be really terrifying. I thought I would cut myself a lot. Instead, I think I got a closer shave, and I only nicked myself once, and like I nicked myself that many times easily, just using a regular na- razor, and it was just like a tiny little nick. So it was just as easy to use. And so I'm super happy with it because I don't have to, first of all, it's way cheaper. I only have to buy razor blades now. And secondly, I am not throwing away single-use plastics. So, yay. That's awesome. Win-win. So Albatross razors, they are trying to revamp the Albatross myth. It was always a symbol of good luck until like the 1800s when... Um, it became a symbol of bad luck because somebody killed an apple truss and like wore it around their neck, which is creepy. But anyway, they're trying to make it a symbol of good luck again. And that um, is really yeah, creepy. It's really creepy. So, and albatrosses can fly for thousands of miles over the sea, and so it's super cool company. But that is cool. Yeah, and we're not killing them by discarding our razors. No, it's razors and the sea. So. Thank you for joining us here at Ethical Quandaries, a podcast where we have a lot of questions, but no answers. And, and remember, remember, men are, are not, not polar bears. bears. <laughs> and we're also judging Judge, you. We're judging you anyway. Technical support and photography by Tim Kingsley. Consultation by Ben Toker. Production music by EpidemicSound.com. Editing by me, Jessica Belstra. If you have an ethical quandary or a comment, you can email us at ethicalquandaries.com. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. And support our work at patreon.com.